Welcome to the Dharma Spring. Happy almost new year. Happy old year, or is it still, is it old yet? <laughs> happy this year. Um, happy now year, perhaps. That's one thing I can land upon. Wherever we're at in this cycle, it's the now year in this moment. <laughs> Being that we weren't meeting as regularly these last few weeks, And during the week of Christmas, it felt good to just have not much going on. That can be a busier, jumblier week for some. And all the lead up to that, yeah, individually and societally, everybody's doing that running around behavior, it seems a bit. Um, it felt good to just have things be really simple. And then I found as we're moving towards the new year, that particular threshold and transition time that we mark. Um, though we still weren't meeting regularly, it felt like having something to accompany us in these days leading up to that threshold just seemed appropriate. And so that's when these haiku came to mind, the idea of, oh yeah, people, the, the practice of writing a haiku on New Year's Day and other days, certainly if you're a haiku poet, but particularly, um, summing up the old year or launching into the new year, a brief, succinct statement about it. So I hope you enjoyed having them accompany you throughout the week. I have. And good to you know have somebody else's words help me reflect upon things as they are now with a, an eye towards the now, towards what's happening here now the state of being, where things have landed after the many months prior to now, but also an eye towards those many months, an eye looking back a bit, and even an eye perhaps opening to what's to come, looking forward or welcoming what's ahead or what's coming from the horizon to meet me. And I ended up, when I sent them out, having three haiku poets to choose from, Basho, Busan, and Isa. More or less decided, since I had three from Basho and one each from the other two, I just thought I'd alternate each day between the poets. But it turned out for me to have a kind of a flow to them for my own maybe autobiographical uh, reflections of the year in a way. And maybe you found that for you too, or maybe you just found one or two that really spoke to you. That's fine. That's what this is about. You don't have to make them all speak to you. Don't have to keep them all from speaking to you. Just notice, well, what speaks to you? What's arising in response? And of course, the invitation to uh, harvest a haiku, as I put it. See what's there for you in your life that might want to be expressed in those simple, direct, and poignant words summing it up how it is maybe it's something you don't even realize is there until you give yourself time and space to harvest it to notice well what's grown what's ready to be picked here in my life whatever it is whatever the flavor yeah so i look forward to hearing what may have come or what comes after this 
New Year's Day still being a couple of days away, and you may want to wait until that actual day to, to harvest your haiku. And please do send it along once, once it comes, should it come. I just wanted to share my wonder, my reflection on my year and the times as they are now via these haiku that were sent out. So I'll start with the first one from Basho. Year after year, it's a monkey in a monkey mask. <laughs> There's something about that one uh, quite delightful. And oh yeah, that had it come first. Um, there's some symbolism there I'll get to in a moment, but just the idea that I'm a monkey and yet I'm wearing a mask, maybe sometimes trying to appear to be different than what I am, but I'm still wearing a monkey mask. So maybe I'm trying to be a, a better looking monkey physically or, you know, <laughs> uh, out in the world appearances, you know, a, a together monkey. I, know what I'm doing, monkey, all that kind of stuff. Maybe those are the kind of masks I switch between. But just to acknowledge, well, whatever one I put on, it's still a monkey mask. Yeah. So I have not inherently changed my monkeyness. I've just dressed it up differently. Uh, called certain parts of it from myself or maybe from in the world and placed them upon myself in that mask place. But still, a monkey, mask or not. So the, the symbolism here, looking at the notes for this, is in the Bouteau plays, they would often have animals. They often have animals as characters. And the animals represent aspects of our humanity, uh, emotions, qualities, things like that. And the monkey is representation of foolishness. So there you go. Year after year, it's a fool wearing a fool's mask or wearing the mask of a fool. That's not coming across right. Not like the mask that the fool owns, obviously. It's a mask that is a fool. Year after year, a fool dressing up like a fool. Hmm. I like the monkey translation better. Um, so I like you know, to look at that from two, what I noticed, two, two angles, two perspectives coming there. One is that, you know, in this practice, in this path of letting drop away what isn't us, what isn't me, to be more and more authentically who I am and what I am without the layers of the masks, the ideas of what I should be. And, the habits of being, habits of thinking, habits of acting that I've developed that are habitual rather than coming forth alive and responsively, yeah? Um, to notice that, yeah, this practice is about being genuine. So that in a way, any mask I wear, anything I try to do that is a layer on top of what I already am, um, whether it's, you know, habitual or something I manufacture that seems to be, oh, I think this is what's needed in the moment. And I reach for something beyond me 
pull it together and, and wear that, it's, it's foolish to do such. That might be the spirit of this practice in general broad terms, but in summation, it's foolish to really try to become or try to be anything other than what I am. So there's that one layer of any mask I wear is a fool's mask, a mask of a fool, because it's not genuinely who I am. There's another layer to that. So another, uh, another layer to the first layer is that trying to <laughs> just be my genuine self in a, in a clear, distinct way is kind of a foolish errand because I'm fluid. I'm always in motion. So I can't even, even if I'm not wearing a mask, whatever I am coming forth as is ever changing. So I can't settle it and say, well, this is who I am definitively. It's again, it's a flow. It's a fluidity. The, the who that I am. So the other layer is anything that I put up top of it, even if it's like a, one of those clear masks <clears throat> that I've seen, you've probably seen, you can just put a clear mask over your face. Sometimes you have a little bit of rouge on them or something. But even if I just take a clear mask and set it forth upon me so that nothing's changed about my features, nothing's changed about who I am, the fact that it's a set thing, it captures something and holds it still, well, that's foolish because that stopped the flow. It's, it's disrupted the fluidity, yeah? So two layers to that one layer. Then the other side of it is to just know, well, maskless, just coming forth as I am in that fluid way, alive and dynamic, I'm still a fool, yeah? And maybe that's where that second layer relates to this layer. So maybe it, maybe that's, maybe it belongs in this category. To think that <clears throat> there's a way to just genuinely be me is foolish. And that's what I do. <laughs> um, so I can't escape being a fool. Yeah. Because if I say, I'm not going to wear a mask, I'm just going to be who I am. Great. Well, how do you do that? And if I set that up as a way of being in a way that's having a maskless mask, if that makes sense. It's a mask that shuns masks, yeah? So I'm not so articulate about that, but just this idea of I'm already a fool through and through, so no need to put a mask upon it, yeah? I guess this is where the, the two sides become one, where maybe it's not such a big deal that I wear the various masks because that's what a fool does. And if I'm a fool masquerading as a fool and I know it, well, maybe there's a bit of wisdom in that, yeah. Um, so maybe it's that being more aware of the fool that is the mask and the fool underneath the mask with that awareness and that knowledge and touching into that, experiencing that reality, there's a freedom, something that opens up and releases, yeah? So, not so foolish or utterly foolish in a delightful way, in a full way, um, F-U-L-L -L way, a full fool. <laughs> I think, you know, this for me showed up something I realized along the course of the year 
and I summed it up in these strange words that aren't eloquent at all, but I realized that, well, for one, for a long, you know, for a long time throughout my life, I've kind of felt like on the margins, on the outside by choice, um, not wanting to grab onto the mainstream thing and fall into it and, you know, go through those things. I've talked to several times in the past how whenever I did such, tried to follow a trend or a fad, it just felt fake and I couldn't do that. So this kind of rebellious streak in a way, but also a rebellious streak that doesn't even embrace rebelliousness because that would just be going with a different kind of mainstream. If you have the mainstream here and those rebelling against it, and I, if I joined with the rebels, well, they're still in connection. So I would need the mainstream to reify my identity as a rebel, yeah? So I summed it up, I think the year before this one, I realized I've lived a life of quiet rebellion, kind of on the margins, doing my own thing in a way that people couldn't tell I wasn't really buying into the full story. I wasn't fully engaged in things, you know, flowing along with things, but my heart, mind, my approach to it was always kind of, yeah, but I'm not fully that. And there's something suspect about it. And I'm not fully on board. I don't know. I could go on about that in more detail, but just to recognize I've kind of been in that place for a long time throughout my life. And part of embracing this path, this way, we've talked about in Zen, how it's kind of a People who don't fit in, who are misfits, find a home here because it's like a community of misfits, of outcasts. In a way, we don't fit in with others. And it's kind of strange to have a community of people not fitting in with others, because then are you fitting in with each other or are you not fitting in together? Yeah, so another exploration perhaps for another time. But just to notice that's been a feature of my life one thing, so to go to the realization that I that came to me at some point this year is I realized even though I was kind of doing that for many years, despite following kind of the traditional patterns of life, getting to college, getting a job, doing those things, I didn't completely, like I said, rebel against it and shun it all. Um, right there, walking the edge, perhaps. There was still this idea that our society puts forth that I summed up as, if you do the things, you get the stuff. <laughs> and there may be more prescribed ways of the things you should do and then the stuff that you get, which I'm not really interested in those, whatever they may be, the more prescribed, typical, this is how you do it kind of ways. But I did notice, despite rejecting that to a way, to a degree, maybe to a large degree, not being interested in it, there was still this idea I had that if I do the things, I'll get the stuff. I didn't realize I had that idea, though. That's how subtle it was. That's how deeply ingrained in me it was from being raised in such a way. But it occurred to me that um, though I wasn't following a prescribed pattern, I did have somehow very subtly this idea of if I keep being a certain way and maybe it's just following my true self, my genuine self, maybe it's along those lines. If I do that, if I'm honest to myself, then I'll get the stuff, whatever the stuff may be. Maybe it's peace, happiness, um, satisfaction, having arrived. I don't know. I didn't, again, it was very subtle and not specific, but I just noticed that energy was there that in me like, oh, despite 
following my own way all these years on the margins, I still had this idea that there'll be a payoff, so to speak. And it's not like there's this grand disappointment. Oh, I didn't get the payoff. It was just noticing that energy's there and it may be informing some of the things that I do. And by noticing that, I was able to release and relax a little bit uh, that energy. And as a result, you know, I realized despite, again, being on the margins, that quiet rebellion, whatever it was for me, I was wearing a monkey's mask, manufacturing something to some degree, very subtly, maybe just a half mask or a quarter mask, but still wearing something a little on top of who I really am because of the subtle idea of do the things, get the stuff. And so realizing that, touching into it, maybe it was a releasing of wearing those masks and just falling into the full fullness of me, um, where the formula maybe drops away. It's no longer do the things, get the stuff. It's just do the things, be the me, yeah? And in a way, I think this year has been marked by a return to, to, to me in that kind of way. Um, realizing I had some masky things perhaps going on, again, subtly, very thin masks perhaps, but they were still keeping me slightly uh, removed from my life, slightly separated, not in a harmful way, maybe even in beneficial ways, but still a slight, a slight gap, yeah? And by touching into that energy and releasing that, I was able, am able to drop more fully into, <laughs> fully into the fool of Andrew, the fool of me being this exactly what I am, yeah? So as usual, I'm not sure if that's coming across as I'm hoping to convey it, hopefully it conveys enough. But that's one of the things of this year is just kind of, ah, uh, a homecoming in a different kind of way. The original rebel, marginal guy, uh, connecting with things that enliven that, make that feel, you know, vivid and appreciated more. Something that felt like maybe it disappeared for a while. I can see it more clearly these days. Anyway, let me move on to the next koan. The old calendar fills me with, oh, not koan, haiku. The old calendar fills me with gratitude like a song. The day that I sent this out, I just asked myself, I just paid attention to what song came up right, when, right after I read it to myself. And the lyric that came up was, what a long, strange trip it's been. Yeah, looking back on the old calendar, considering the all of this year and everything that's happened and transformed and grown and faded away, all of that, that's where I'm landing right now. You know, I couldn't dream up the place I am today, of course. So what a long, strange trip it's been from trucking <laughs> by the Grateful Dead. So when I look at it, this has actually been a pretty um, difficult year in many respects. And, you know, it started with an unexpected 
no longer having a position at the Air Force Academy and that whole thing of not being informed about it. And I mean, it was just a kind of a catastrophe, <laughs> everything coming to forward at once. Not, not, I mean, for me, not so much a catastrophe personally, but the, the way it was put forth and how I got to realize it and come to understand what was going on was just kind of <laughs> all jumbled together and didn't make sense. And that was just a quite a blow actually. So the year started off with this, this disappointment and confusion and um, completely unexpected happening. And I would say the kind of a thread throughout the year kept happening with other things in other ways, nothing that large, um, <clears throat> um, but still significant happenings that, hmm. I, mean, I was thinking of the words that describe the feeling of the year for me is disappointment, discouragement, and disheartenment, or being disappointed, discouraged, and disheartened by several things. And that may be surprising if you hear that, as you hear that coming from me. Um, it's kind of surprising to me, too, because... I would think that I'd be wallowing and be like, oh, and it'd be obvious. But that's maybe the long, strange trip it's been. It's like, despite these things, there's also been growth and bright things and interesting happenings. And so it's though those are the words that come to mind for me. They're not the whole of it. And I can recognize that. Um, so that gratitude bit of this poem, you know, to hear me say discouragement, disheartening, disappointed and yet have that word gratitude in this poem i found that i don't reject that gratitude there's still the gratitude here for it <clears throat> not a forced gratitude nor is it gratitude that necessarily makes sense of you know not not trying to force it of everything happens for a reason all that kind of stuff to make my feet myself feel grateful but the formula for gratitude that we might also have in mind doesn't compute and end up with this kind of gratitude I'm feeling. In other words, if you put together a formula and say, add disappointment, discouragement, and disheartenment, if that's a word, and you get gratitude, that's not gonna compute. Yet that is what's happening because there's just this thing of, well, this is the way it is, yeah. And it's what it is to be alive. These are the things I get to go through. Um, it's not all, always bright and shiny and um but then sometimes it is so though those are the overriding things for me at this time those those three words the the three d's i was looking at the lyrics for trucking um and that there's a little the chorus i think you might call it the chorus that ends with what a long strange trip it's been says you know, sometimes the, the light's all shining on me, and sometimes I can barely see. And there it is. Sometimes the light is all shining on me. Sometimes it's clear and bright, and sometimes I can barely see. Maybe that's barely see because the light's blinding, or maybe my eyes are distracted, focusing on something else, or sometimes with, filled with tears, barely see. But lately it occurs to me, when I consider it all, huh, what a long, strange trip it's been. 
and I'm grateful for the trip and the journey, the fact that I can keep trucking along. Yeah. <laughs> um, in the interest of trucking along, let me just slip into the next haiku. Oh, that was Busan, the one with the calendar and the gratitude and the song. Here's another one from Basho. New Year's Day, sunlight on every field, beloved. To me, that's an extension of that gratitude, the expression of it. Um, there's a saying by someone <laughs> that I didn't look up, but how sunlight is impartial. It shines upon everything. It doesn't hold itself back and only give itself to certain things. It gives it to everything in equal measure of itself. You know, there's clouds and things and whatnot that come about that disrupt the shining, but the sun itself is shining forth on every field. And there is something beloved about that. So that's really that extension of that strange gratitude. Um, though difficulties and discouragement are here and it's disheartening at times, the light is still shining on it. The sun still shines upon it. There's still life there. I think that's what it comes down to for me is sun being connected with the bringing forth of life in a certain way, um, calling forth, even when things are dormant in this time of winter, there's still something that the sun brings of life to them by shining itself upon them, regardless whether the trees are leafy or not, shining upon them. It reminded me of something from years past where uh, different times for us, just Wendy and I, and struggling at times and wondering how we're going to make ends meet, wondering how we're going to get through the this and that. And story I've shared before how I would, it would be, and after being in the daytime, doing all the working a job and dealing with things, then lying down at night, the thoughts about how am I going to do this? What am I going to do about that? I need to talk to so-and-so. We need to figure this out. Those kind of thoughts would come to mind and keep me awake. <clears throat> and there's this idea, if I think about them hard enough, maybe that's going to help. But all it really did was keep me up. And uh, <laughs> it was like the anxiety that I couldn't fully feel during the day because of being distracted and busy on purpose or just because of obligations was, was manifesting there at night. So one, one evening or during one stretch of time realized, although I'm thinking about all these things I can do and people I can call um, and, and to ask questions, it's midnight or whatever time it was. And I can't do that now. You know, it's something I can't take care of later, but right now I can't do anything about that. And then I kind of focused on, well, what's, what's important now? What, what is it that I can do? What I connected with was my heart was beating and I was breathing. Yeah, like that. And that was really a powerful experience for me because I realized, well, even in the middle of the day, when all this stuff is going on, despite the circumstances that we're facing, as long as I have my breath and my heart beating, I felt that's good enough. 
the other stuff can be worked out. So this was more than just uh, moving my thoughts and thinking of the stress and the anxiety and all that stuff. It was more than just wait, saving it till the daytime. It was really about realizing beneath it all, regardless of what's happening, there's the heartbeat and there's the breath. And it's enough. And despite what happens, whether we get through it the way we'd like to or not, the heart and the breath will be there. And we will go on. So this called to mind to me, maybe a, a capping phrase response for this sunlight on every field, beloved. Is this these words from Robert Frost? In three words, I can sum up everything I've learned about life. It goes on. So those are the things that came to me with that beloved sunlight shining on every field. It's as though the sun is saying, yeah, whatever the circumstances are, here I am. I'm shining. There's some measure of warmth. And life goes on. It is going on. And we go on together. So let me flow into the next haiku from this. New Year's Day. Everything is in blossom. I feel about average. That's from Isa. <laughs> and that's kind of like I said, these, these came together in a kind of a, a flow for me because I can flow through these first three and then I land in this place. Right now I feel about average. And they're, this time of year, there can be the excitement about what's to come or sometimes the dread about what's to come. Oh, another year with this COVID thing still happening, still variant in and the uncertainty of it all. Um, and there's lots of ways to feel about many things. And maybe getting, if I might say, overly excited, overly enthused, maybe Pollyanna-ish. Oh, it's going to be a new year. It's going to be great. Yeah. Or overly down. Oh, it's just going to go on forever. This COVID, why celebrate? Blah, blah, blah. You know, we could do all, all that kind of thing. I'm just in this kind of place of, eh, I feel about average. Just plugging along, just moving along. And I appreciated this haiku <laughs> because of Isa in his particular way of just putting it out there plainly. Um, not even having an idea of, well, it's a New Year's Day haiku and it needs to be something like a gift. It does come across like a gift, but I don't think that was his idea. He was just touching into the reality of what it was for him. And, Knowing it's a different time of year, this was the, you know, the, the lunar new year. So he might have been talking about the season. Actually, things are blossoming all around him. I'm thinking of just the blossoming of people and excitement and a fresh start, all that kind of blossoming activity that may be permeating things in certain ways, maybe not. Anyway, if he's facing that, He's noticing, here I am in these blossoming fields, this life budding forth. And it's a new year, a new start. But to be honest, to be genuine, being honest, being genuine, he notices, I feel about average. And that seems just like my heart's beating, I'm breathing, it's enough. Don't need to feel more than average. And, if he was feeling less than average, that would have been perfectly fine too. And had he been more exuberant, great. 
but again we have this i'll call it a gift a lovely gift of the average just as it is uh, haiku yeah this reminded me of some years ago i think i was a senior in high school around that age i was going out with uh, some friends and one of these friends had a boyfriend who was uh, in the military down at Fort Carson. And so we were all getting together, going to pick him up, then going to somebody's house to have a New Year celebration. And so it was New Year's Eve time. And I was kind of excited. I've always enjoyed New Year's because of the fact, you know, we have all these holidays that happen just beforehand and many that happen after, but just beforehand that are connected with certain religions. And we can, sometimes it can be a, a great celebration of realizing look how many holidays abound at this time other times it can be a way of separating and you know that thing that happens <laughs> but when it comes to the new year's it touches us all at least those of us following the same calendar I'll, I'll give a shout out to those who follow a different calendar yeah but it's something that's universal for the most part and so i think there's something about that that i've always enjoyed going back to these decades ago as a high school or aged person. And so I had that energy, woohoo, the exuberant, everything's in blossom energy, right? So we, we went and picked up this friend's boyfriend and I was like, hey, it's New Year's, what do you think? And he goes, ah, it's just another day. And I felt like, what? <laughs> I felt that he was missing out on something, that he was being a downer or something like that. But it stuck with me ever since come up probably every year since then and i appreciated it more and more over time and in light of this haiku from isa i think i appreciate it even more deeply because he was kind of saying i feel about average i'm going to have the same life today as i do tomorrow or same life tomorrow as i do today it's just another day and there's something maybe to be said about the holding that thread that continuity about not getting this idea of boom, we're dropping all this stuff behind and starting anew. It's like, well, it goes on. There's life going on again, yeah? In the feeling average of things. So thanks, Isa. And thanks to whomever you were. I forget your name all those years ago for you know, letting that seed land with me and grow in the way it has over these decades. And this lands me at the final haiku by Basho. Another year, hat in hand, sandals on my feet. This is, yeah, great for me, because there's no kind of, well, there's such a wide open territory to what that can mean. It can mean, okay, I'm in that feeling of grabbing myself up by the bootstraps, you know, got my hat in my hand, my sandals on my feet, here I go. Or I can have the feeling of, here we are, and still, every day, hat in my hand, sandals on my feet, just moving, moving along. It, despite um, whatever's happening, I've got those, those basic ingredients and I keep moving. So it's a continuation, I guess, of life going on. I'm going on. Whatever the year before has been, whatever the year ahead holds, hat in hand, sandals on feet, moving along, moving along. And yeah, it's wide open for me. It doesn't have to, 
It doesn't hold any particular quality, therefore it welcomes any particular quality and allows me to notice, well, what's the quality of hat and hands, sandals on feet for me? And for me this time, right now, two days before the new year, um, it just has a feeling of, yeah, get up in the morning, put your pants on one leg at a time, yeah. My version of hat in hand, sandals on feet, just doing the thing I always do day in and day out. But it also connected with a koan from many years ago, actually my response to the koan, which I think also blended with uh, hearing about words from Yamada Koan. And I won't, I won't talk about the koan, but the, the words were like this idea of just following my nose my, and my toes. And this idea of wherever I'm facing, that's it, yeah. Um, I'd written a song actually using those. And that's what came to mind is in the song, I used the phrase, my nose and toes will guide me. Regardless of the circumstances and how I feel about things and you know my particular being at the moment, my nose and my toes, the way I'm facing, that's what will guide me. In the song, I think it started out where I'm journeying along and I'm like, who's going to be there to guide me? That's the first iteration. Then in the, in the middle iteration, it's no one's there to guide me. Kind of feeling regardless of what people say and the guidance that I follow from others, even if it's from myself, I can't quite get there. I can't quite arrive. I've always got to keep going. There was something about that. Um, so it has a dual feeling of like, ugh, disappointment in a way, a letdown, but also relief, release. No one, not even myself, can really guide me and tell me how to get there. So then I get to the third and the final iteration in that song of, oh, I've got my nose and toes to guide me. That's what's needed. I can just keep following them day in and day out. So hat in hand, sandals on feet, nose and toes to guide me, moving along, moving along. And I guess that's where I'll end with that, but I do have my own haiku to offer. Um, and having just brushed through these uh, somewhat briefly, but been enjoying exploring them throughout the week and being explored by them throughout the week and will continue to do so and look forward to hearing about your explorations and seeing should you send them or hearing the haiku that's come up for you. Um, expressing the way things are for you here and now at this moment, at this time, in the isness of things as they are. So here's the one haiku that came today and I'll be looking to harvest whatever ones may come in the days to come and especially on New Year's Day, I'll see if there's one. I'll be sure to send it out. But I'll close with this one, again, from this morning. One year comes one goes, clouds scattered across the sky. I guess that sums it all up. Everything I've just said, that's, that's the feeling of it for me. This morning, driving home from my parents' house, that came to mind. One year comes, one goes, clouds scattered across the sky. So...
Thank you for listening. For more about Andrew Palmer and his teachings, please visit bowandroar.com and look for him on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.